friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined again by my genetically altered, uh, tic-tac-eating, fast-growing, winged, I'm just going to stop there, I could go on forever, uh, hybrid and genetic thing and co-host, Alex Dandino. So many, so many things can be ascribed to the dren of this film. Uh, guys, thanks for joining again. As you will remember this month, the pod edits genetics. So our theme this month uh, features people dabbling in the genetic code, playing gold, if you will, making things. This, honestly, I mean, man's best friend, top-notch cinematic experience and journey. But this one, I was like, this might be the perfect, the perfect kind of fun movie adventure into the why you should not be fucking around with genetics question right yeah there are other movies that maybe do it more succinctly more academically this and that blah 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 this movie is wild and fun this movie is just bananas and there's no there's no other like way to explain it to me like <laughs> i as like my parents listen to the show and every other every once in a while they'll like actually ask me like what are you guys watching this week and that last weekend i was like oh well we're gonna watch splice and we're gonna talk about it and it's like whoa splice <laughs> and my dad's like that's a great movie and my mom said what's splice what's that about and i was like well it's like genetics and um they like create this weird little like you know what remember when you watch black swan you wouldn't stop asking me when the uh she was going to turn into a bird it's kind of <laughs> like you'll, you'll 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 enjoy it that way she goes I never did that. So, like, that's the level we're at with my mother, where she'll... I would just be like, Donna, yeah. <laughs> no, Donna, it's the movie you don't want your husband to be watching late at night and going, this is awesome. Because <laughs> all kind of questions arise. You know what's funny? Because my mom... <laughs> all right, mom... guys, I'm sorry. I forgot to dip it in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive it in here, guys. Yeah. Uh, if you're with us and you love the show, we hope you do. Please take a second and leave us a rating and review wherever you are listening to this podcast now. Please. Especially Apple Podcasts. That helps us out a fucking ton, guys. Thank you. Also, you can see our beautiful faces along with uh, just listen to my Orson Welles of the People voice, as we've discovered, uh, on our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist. That's plural with an S at the end. Um, and guys, get at us on social media, especially Twitter at Film Alchemist Number One, the number one. Uh, let us know movies you'd like to hear covered, themes you have, double features, guests you'd like to see on the show, uh, any new movies, anything you want to hear us talk about. We love hearing that from you guys. We appreciate it greatly. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Yes. All right, now back to. Alex's dad creepily watching Splice. No, in his basement. my no. dad. My dad. Like, actually, I'm pretty sure they watched it together. But my mom has just like absolutely, unless it's like people singing in the movie. I love you, mom, by the way. But unless it's like a musical, she literally has like no capacity to even care to remember things like this. Like this is like again, she remembers Black Swan because she turned into a bird and because it was an opera. Like that's like the thing she remembers. <laughs> Like, I would love to be the kind of person that could watch this movie and let those images just escape my mind. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine? <laughs> but this is the thing. Uh, I think my biggest takeaway from Splice, besides, well, here's something that struck me right away. I got on Letterboxd to add it to our list. You can find uh, Film Alchemist on the Letterboxd app. Uh, we have a list for the Film Alchemist podcast of all the, I think we're almost to 200 movies we've covered now. God I damn. went to add Splice. Splice has barely a two out of five stars. 
And I was just fucking bad. Again with like, this shit? What does Come Splice... On. But what does Splice not deliver that you assumed this movie would be? To me, it's just... It's fucking fun. The gags are great. Drin is an excellent collection. Um, the movie makes weird choices constantly. What I learned... My biggest takeaway from this movie uh, is that nerds should look and dress like nerds, right? Like, if, if when we eventually hit I it big, right, and this podcast becomes a it's something that through the movie, it just started making me so angry, so angry. I was like, I want to start punching my TV. I was so mad about the hipness of these goddamn scientists. But <laughs> but I was, I was just like, if, when this thing becomes a cash cow, right, which I'm assuming our podcast will eventually be a cash cow. And I'm just like, I can't buy any more mansions, man. It's time to get in the genetic game. If you show up to interview at the Film Alchemist Genetic Laboratory, right, and you're dressed like you are in the white stripes, you cannot be a scientist for my company. Yeah, if you this is what the movie teaches us: people who dress like rock stars past the age of twenty something, right? These people are in their forties, dressing like rock stars and fucking with the powers of a god. They cannot be tra- shocker. The guy that wears flannel pants in his 40s yeah. to his scientist job, a little bit irresponsible. Yeah, if you're dressed Shocker. like if you're dressed like you're about to go mosh at a replacement show, yeah, you for sure are <laughs> not allowed to be a fucking geneticist, particularly yeah. geneticists. Yeah, and then if I find out you put your brother on the payroll and he just walks in from the black parade, it's like this is a problem. Yeah. There's too many hit people in this fucking real lab of science. There. Yeah, I like, I don't want to know that God was listening to a Treyu on the fourth day. You know what I mean? When you're creating, let's take it a little more serious here, right. people. <laughs> like, just imagine the gumption to show up to your shareholder meeting and just be like, yeah, I'm wearing a leather jacket and a fucking red tie. Give me money. I'm creating life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? I'm dressed oh. like I uh, just got off stage from a NoFX concert. What are you going to do about it? It, it was honestly... It got to the point of just pure distraction. I was so mad at the hipness of these people. When they showed their little apartment, and then she's like, we need a new apartment because it's by a distillery. I was like, of fucking course you do. Of course you do. I was so mad. I was like, just get back to it. How much you want to bet the, they're, the laws of nature. How much you want to bet they're not homebrewing beer, but like homebrewing gin. Like that's probably what these guys are doing. They definitely have an extra ovum where they're just like inseminating it with like hops. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. Come over to Genetic Friday. My band's going to play covers of Dashboard, and we'll have some ovum beer. <laughs> but that's yes. what I mean, the, the hipness of these scientists. It was like, no fucking wonder that this all went so south. But even that, right? I think the characters are more fun that way, honestly, right? Like, you wouldn't want to watch, like, early Bill Gates and shit, and them like, <laughs> do that. That's not what you're looking for. No. So these are more fun characters to spend time I mean, with. That's, I think, and then you see the... their, their rock and roll attitude. You're like, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, now. to me, the best part about the characterization of Adrian Brody and Sarah Pauly's <laughs> characters. It's like they have this sort of, like, it, they don't have to be this way. You look at them and know that they're like, hey, we don't play by the rules, geneticists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're absolutely the kind that would just like any rule stepping right yeah. any line bending like they're on it for sure they're habitual that, line steppers you are a fucking habitual line stepper motherfucker <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, it's it's a it's just weird, man. Cause the movie starts off fast. Like I like watching them. They give birth to this like fucking giant dick, and you just see two giant dicks like <laughs> touching a- their uh, colloquial. Like they have the bird genitals where they're like, right. like they're fucking uh, aroused mogwai, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, they've imprinted each other. Now we can go get our uh, white stripe outfit on and ask for grant money, right? Right. And so you see this just wild creation, right? Like imagine a world where they're just creating these fucking dick monsters that become this, because they're saying they can cure all kinds of shit with these, right? Alzheimer, all these medical problems can disappear because of Fred and Ginger, right? That's right. their theory. And then you get into this question, right? Of Then the movie goes into the really fun phase where it's people making bad faith ethical arguments, <laughs> And I'm 100% here for it. Cause it's like, one, you're already creating these fucking dick creatures. Yeah. Which, by the way, they look like just little, you know, like if Slimer and a penis made a baby, <laughs> that's what these things look like. You I, know, believe they're they're like called, I believe they're called uh, vermiforms. Yeah, sure. That's a more churched up name. That's a more presentable name. Listen, than on the po- listen on the but Phil Alchemist like podcast, dicks. we get the names of these particular the genetic creatures correct. At the Phil Ma- Film Alchemist Genetic Institute, <laughs> we have strict naming protocols and no plaid pants. That's also another exactly. Rule. But that's so what sli- I mean, right. So, so they just so look that thing like, is called a Slimer. But penis, just imagine and that's the a end world. Yeah. So they make these little Slimer penises. Thank you. And then when they start fighting, you're like, oh, they're not just doughy little flesh mounds that we're going to harvest. You're like, these things are jacked. Yeah. They are murder machines with one little stick, little stinger. They're like, tuck, 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 blood everywhere. They have the uh, the great shareholder shot where it goes from, hello, rich people, give us money to a Gallagher show in about three seconds. It's the best. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. But this is the cool thing about this movie. They create this bloody horror show Gallagher comedy event, right? <laughs> With their little Slimer penises. And that is just a throwaway plot in this movie. That is an absolute throwaway. Any other movie, that would be your big A plot, no. right? Tossed. <laughs> this is a throwaway because what happens is, is they're like, we can't go to human trials. That's, you know, possibly illegal. That's, oh, it's not ethical, right? Corporations with ethics. I think that's hilarious in this movie. And what we see is they go back. And Sarah Polly and uh, Adrian Brody, essentially on kind of like a, almost like a drunken dare. Or like, could we? And so then we get the cool sciencing montage, right? <laughs> Where they're like, boo, boo, genetics, genetics. And seemingly in what looks like, I don't know, two hours, <laughs> they figure out how to just make uh, this thing, but with human DNA, right? They even show there's like all these animals. So it's very man's best friend, all these animals. And then a leaf is their original chart for Fred and Jen. There's like a leaf on there. So it's some plant. And then we just throw in humans. Yeah. And you just watch this slow snowball effect of, oh, we did that. It's great. All right. Throw it away. Put it on ice. Here's the greatest discovery of all time. And then it's like, oh, I locked you out of the room. I'm going to inseminate in the ovum. And you just see it get out of control. Yep. And Adrian Brody's like, fucking stop, stop, stop. But then at the moment when he's to press the button, he won't press it. And I think that is what I like about this movie is it shows you exactly how our world is going to end. Yes. Like, 
I actually watched this film, and I was like, that's how it's going to happen. I mean, I read on the internet uh, in some really smart, obviously, research videos that this is exactly how our world is ending right now. Well, that's, like, to me, the best the part. The Wuhan equivalent of Adrian Brody and Sarah Polly already did this. It's, <laughs> it's the best part. <laughs> but it is the best part of this movie is, like, Adrian Brody not pressing the button might be, like, the metaphor for the entire film, which is just when you think they're going to jettison this, like, insane, no way, there's no way they're going to take this, there's no way this movie's not going to take itself that seriously. They're like, no, you're here for yeah. the fun and games. It's called Splice. You know what you walked into. So you're signed up. You're right. good to go. You got your ticket to the ride. And that's when the fucking fun starts. Because I fucking love that scene when they go, like, when the ovum is literally yeah. bursting. Oh my god, dude! Like right. that is just but some see, fucking that's what's magic. funny. I like that stuff too, but I like all the stuff leading to that. I mean, not only we skip, they do a great job of villainizing these two. It's like, oh, they're just super cool, good-looking scientists that fucking crack, you know, genetic editing to smooth fucking jazz. Blah blah. Oh, look at them fucking all over this laboratory without condoms. Yeah. They clearly don't take safety oh, yeah. seriously. By the way, I want to. I want to. By the way, real quick, the music choice is really unfortunate because Cl because Clive is wearing those pants, and he absolutely should not be wearing. But you know what it reminded me of is when we reviewed Hollow Man, <laughs> and they're just like, let's have him listen to the most terrible new metal, and that way we just know, even though it's Kevin Bacon, you're supposed to hate him, right? <laughs> He likes Seether or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so this is how I feel like they were just piling on. But what I like is they, they make the argument that you can totally imagine, right? Which is if we don't use human DNA now, someone will. And I think that's how this you just see this fucking happening. And it just feels you never are in the movie and you're like, yeah, right. I mean, granted, once like all the, you know, madness starts here, you might be like, well, that's a bit far fetched. Right. But honestly, you're like, that's what is going to happen. Eventually, someone somewhere in our world, our real world, is going to say, hey, we can use this technology to get ahead. And if we don't, someone else will. All the bad things that happen in our world today, that's probably how they all fucking start. And so I think it's this really fascinating look at, because even Clive, right, they play him as kind of like he's the ethical touchstone. Like, man, this is fucked up. Right. But even him, you can tell he's like, well, if it's going to happen anyways, I'd like to get my name in the fucking journal. <laughs> but that's and that is what is the fun in game is the movie continues then for about 30 minutes to every scene. They should kill this fucking yes, thing like every, every opportunity fucking scene. There's not a chance like again. And it's so just like the this is like Vincenzo Natale is the director. And like, I love the amount of foreboding. That every, like, you're right, like, there's, like, 30 minutes of just scenes where you're like, you know, that this, this is not sustainable. Like, absolutely yeah. kill this thing. Well, they could, he could have stopped it when she inseminated. Uh -huh. It could have died in the pressure of the ovum. Mm -hmm. He could have not cut the sack. Again, also showing his lack of, you know, restraint. Cuts that fucking sack open. It has that greasy looking whatever. Puts the scalpel right in his mouth. Like a fucking monster. I was like, this guy isn't yeah, it? There is absolutely, there is absolutely, so there absolutely no health seen, protocols in oh, this lab. Yeah. And then all. they come in and they, it looks like a fucking dick rabbit, right? So now it's like a penis rabbit from hell. And he's <laughs> like, I'll gas it. And she's like, don't. What? <laughs> I was like, what? But that scene happens about 
20 times. Actually, one of my favorite scenes in this segment is when Adrian Brody runs in with the fucking broom. Like he's going to fucking beat Dren with the stick. Right. And then later, that's exactly what he does. Hey. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> you were really waiting on that one, weren't you? Oh. Uh, as soon as that scene came up and he ran at her with the broom, I was like, can't wait to do this on the pod. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. <laughs> like typing it out. So this made the entire 200 episodes worth it. I can walk <laughs> off now into the sunset. But like, also, but yeah, like that is like the best part about the movie itself is the foreboding that every scene carries. Because again, between marketing, between the title of this movie, between everything, you know where this is going. There's no good ending. This isn't this is this doesn't end like Pollyanna, where she like, oh, I figured it out. Like this is gonna end horribly. <laughs> like, and that's the best part yeah. because the eventuality of that just coats the entire movie in this like thick, syrupy mixture of just horror of just like impending horror and every single thing that happens. But that's like the really important thing too is Every single thing that happens seems ridiculous, but as soon as you sort of let go of that and you realize that you're locked in, like this is just how this movie is going to be. It's going to be insane because these people have absolutely no gumption. This story is going to be absolutely crazy because these people don't care about the actual ethics of the situation. So that argument, like the fly is a great example of like the argument actually like entering into entering into the uh, actual screenplay that is. Almost yeah. never comes up in this movie at all. Like this becomes much more well, what about are the last the... time. I mean, they do it later, right? They do it later, right? But, but like... there's the moment where she, like Sarah Polly, runs in and they see the creature for the first time, and she's like, "What is it?" Yeah. And Adrian Brody says, "A mistake," and that's about the last time where it's like <laughs> there's a real kind of self awareness for the rest of the movie. You know, it's kind of this. Yeah. One of them is always finding a reason to not have the debate, right? This is the classic. They were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they never stopped to think if they should. I mean, yes, that's exactly what it is. But again, the nice part about this movie and the way that they sort of like, the way they sort of like skirt past the ethical so that you can get into the actual like plot of the film, which gets way more fucked up as life, as time goes on, is right. that... They don't spend so much time. They they actually, it's interesting. They assign the judgment of ethics, uh, of the proper thing to do, of the real like social mores of this entire movie onto the viewer. So like you get to sit there and spend the entire time going, should have fucking done this thing. Like you whisper it to yourself while you're watching <laughs> Clive fuck his like weird half daughter hybrid thing whoa 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 we, we got a lot of we got a lot of but, weeds to whack before we get to that <laughs> you're but like but like that's like the thing is the ethical question becomes a viewer question it doesn't become a clive yeah. and uh whatever sarah Polly character's name i can't think of elsa yeah no because they they so clearly because this is the thing once when clive is helping her to the 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 sultry notes of that smooth jazz crack the code yeah and then they make a serum like, what the fuck does he... He knows every step of the way this is happening. So what the movie does, which I think is such a better way to tackle it, right? Is 
you know this is wrong. We know we are framing this now, right? Everybody knows. They're they're framing it so early that all of these arguments are bad faith, right? right. We we could save everyone, blah blah blah. You know that's not what this is for. This is so they can fucking be rock stars. That's all this is about. Right. And so really early we take out the genetic ethics, right? And the movie does this really cool thing where it reframes the rest of the movie with these really interpersonal ethical questions and shows us that all of us are fucked up as people. How dare we think that we can handle right, this, right. right? Well, that's like... And so they, yeah. they do that, right, where they make Dren just unusual looking enough to where we don't really... We still can view her a little bit as a monster. Right. Like, if you got, like, Prime Shirley Temple is what came out of that ovum, this movie's really fucked up and impossible to watch. Yes. But, right, you just add that little split and the eyes to the side, and you're like, oh, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want to that thing. <laughs> but that And that's what the movie does is... Here is a thing that we look at as less than human and not as cute as like, you know, Sasquatch from Harry and the Hendersons. It's like kind of right in that spot where you can ascribe as much or as little as you want to it. And then you just watch these people be bad people, right? Yeah. He's a shitty brother. She's a shitty partner. You know, you see these like little struggles. And what that what the new phrase of the movie becomes is not, should we have played God? It's what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. That's, that's what she says as she's fucking him with no condom in the same room as the creepy children's room they've just set up for their fucking genetic monster. And you're like, that's what we're doing now. It's not Drin should not exist, but Drin exists and she exists with really irresponsible humans. Right. <laughs> that's the movie. And that's way better. That's way more fun. I mean, yeah, that's like the the ethics and all that. Yeah, like that's the best that's the best thing about watching this movie is the reassignment of the reassignment of, I guess, judgment because ultimately it's not really like these characters have no, like you said, these characters have no gumption. If they had gumption, this movie would be over within like five minutes. Be like, well, this was a huge problem. We shouldn't do this ever again. Beep. That's the end of it. Like, yeah. let's just stick to Fred. If they and didn't Ginger. just listen to Judas priest breaking the law and repeat. This movie doesn't exist. <laughs> right. Like this movie doesn't exist. Like, the uninteresting version of this movie is them solely focused on the Fred and Ginger. Uh, what are we calling them? Slimer penises. Thank you. Slimer penises. Like that's the uninteresting version of this movie, but why it's fun to watch is because these characters have no gumption and therefore, because they have no ethics that has to be assigned to the, to us, the viewer and we have to make our judgment which we do immediately knowing that they're terrible people so now the fun of the movie is simply watching it unfold well it's weird because as soon as Drin comes in right again they they make her just creepy looking enough that we don't it's not like a a bambi scenario where you're like oh no innocent nope we don't do that right and so what happens is the movie the movie so immediately reframes them as monsters of opportunity yeah which is now they are taking turns being somewhat abusive to this thing they brought into the world yeah, right there is this like exploitative it, it plays like, on this super... they have this debate about we want kids but then we just watch them be terrible to yeah. drin this whole movie. there is like this weird sort of exploitative uh like fast food nation vibe as time goes on <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so uncomfortable and weird and it never stops. Like even the scene where uh even the scene like when she's 
old enough to be wearing the first scene where she's uh, where she names herself Dren. That scene, mm-hmm. even then, feels exploitative. Like you're watching Sarah Paul, you're watching Elsa interact with her, and you're just like, "This is so wrong." Like something about that is is so terrible and not okay. And I think that's probably well. It gets it gets out of control pretty fast, right? Because oh, the scene to me where I immediately was like, "Whoa, something is not." Is when they made that creepy, like way too many teddy bear corner for her. Yeah. And you're like, this is, oh, and she starts, you know, calling it like, don't talk about her that, and you see this like switch, right? And then later we get into this whole subplot of like, oh, her mom, apparently she's a geneticist. She would know this being a terribly abusive piece of shit is a genetic trait (laughs) as we learn later in the movie. But like this, one of the scenes that sticks out to me so much is that great scene where uh, Drin is getting sick and choking, right? right? And Adrian Brody sees his chance, right? He's at his his limit. He sees this this creature and he sees his out. And again, it's this it's this great little moment because Sarah Paulson is so or Polly Sarah Polly, she's so in the moment of just wanting to save this thing. And Adrian Brody sees his fucking opportunity. He grabs Dren by the neck and dunks her in this water. Right? He's gonna drown her to death, and she's smacking him. Ah! It's just fucking riveting scene right you're you're fascinated by what's happening yeah and all of a sudden they show this shot of her just like you know dead uh, googly eyed in the water whatever <laughs> and she starts fucking breathing again yeah and the, the thing the two things about this scene that i love the most right which is one this another moment of this is the first time adrian brody takes an action and he defeats himself by taking an action. So he's fucking now Dren has become this like supernatural curse, right? That right. They're not going to escape that easy. Like whatever the fuck they do, they're not getting out because if he had done nothing, she would have just died. <laughs> but he saved her by trying to kill her. Right. So I love that little subversion of, oh, you're cursed with this. You guys have fucked up. You're going to you know ride this to the grave. Yeah. Secondly, is that beautiful fucking interchange. And the acting is just fucking uproariously good right because yeah. i'm kind of like i'm like uh, uh, like i feel so horrible watching it but it's her saying you knew that would work right and he's like yeah yeah and they both know what just happened but they're like we need to co-mutually live in this lie or else things are going to get even worse yeah <laughs> and i the way they play that scene is just fucking magnificent yeah. i I mean, it's one of the best scenes in the movie. I mean, that's probably the advantage of having these. Like, I think Adrian Brody and Sarah Pauly are head and shoulders above some other actors. And I think that's the advantage. Oh, yeah. And the thing that's really important about this kind of movie, because I was actually talking with Andrea about this before we did the show. And I'm just like, you know, Splice was made in 2009. Adrian Brody's an Oscar winning actor. Like, this is the kind of movie that I would say in the 90s becomes a you know, that's a Walmart $5 bin movie, which we love. Like we've bought, I bought those. I love those, but this is one mm-hmm. of those kinds of movies where if you cast the wrong people, it becomes like a TV movie of the week rather than what it is, which I think is like really great, <laughs> really great science fiction horror. And that I think is yeah. probably the most important thing is the performances are what really grounds the movie and doesn't let it get too like this movie is insane and fantastical and bananas on its own already. If you have the right actors yeah. who bring the humanity and bring it down to the ground, that's where the movie really starts to shine. And that's where the movie becomes 
what the reason we do this show in general, the alchemy it, itself is that we're watching these people because we're interested. If they were terrible actors and they were terrible people, <laughs> we would not be able to watch this movie. I would have turned it off after five minutes. Like these people are garbage. I'm not watching this movie, but because right, that but scene is particularly is a great like- example because those actors are willing to put those subtle ticks in there and that kind of thing. That's the yeah. movie for you right there. But this is where, and I think this and man's best friend are actually great examples of really genre pieces that in the wrong hands, they become those asylum, you know, straight to TV or DVD bin movies right? where you get a, like a, an older actor who, you know, see <coughs> Thomas Howell. just kind of <laughs> phoning me, it sorry. in and you play up the jokes a little more in the people instead of really, because that's the thing, if you get a Lance Hendrickson or you get Adrian Brody or Sarah Pauly, and they're playing this straight down the line, yeah. right? This is a real character performance from each of them. Then the movie can be a little more wild, and it's not just played for laughs, right? Like, oh, <laughs> look at those fucking dick monsters wrestling each other and the Gallagher scene. And, you know, it's it's actually like, oh, man, how's this going to affect the characters I bonded with right. despite their fucking dumb clothes, you know? And that's that's the advantage that these movies have. And I think that's that's what I fear is that movies like Splice get shuffled off onto these, oh, let some, you know, fucking low rent, don't give a fuck operation make them. Right. And so I think when these movies come out, I, th- I think it's just fucking awesome when we get this kind of, you know, action out of these. But because that scene is really good. The, the next scene that I would say, like, really struck me as like, wow, that's a fucking great scene. I love the scene where we get our first kind of because once we get to the barn, the, the movie shifts a little bit to Dren's POV. Yeah. Now that we're out of the lab, it's now we're not doing these two scientists looking at a monster. We're doing this new person looking at two people out in the real world and seeing their fucking flaws. Right. Sure. I mean, I seen that struck me. I was like, wow, that's a really good scene for this movie is when she has her Barbie doll mm-hmm. and she gets Sarah Pauly's box, right. Of her like bad memories from her abusive. We see the inside of the house, like a fucking abusive, whatever. Yeah. right? Like, uh, Oh, they, she did leave it the way it was all that kind of stuff. Right. But Dren looking at the Barbie and realizing for the first time something is different about her. I thought that scene really hit me a lot. Just this, uh, you know, wow, when does that happen to us? That When do we have that realization that instead of just being like, well, we're just things in the world and look how fucking cool this place is to, oh, no, something's wrong with me. And you start turning all that bad shit in. I was like, when does that happen to us? That that scene really got, I mean, that's a scene that is bigger than this movie. And I appreciate that being in there. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best. That's one of the best scenes in the movie simply because it, it's something we can all react to because we've all had that moment. Like that's the best part right. about that because <laughs> you're right. Everyone, everyone, when we go out in the world, I think it's probably around, I don't know, middle school when we all realize that we're different and terrible. Some of us are terrible and some of us are not. I don't know. That's my. <laughs> well, just even for no reason, because you're like, she is this miracle that exists in our world, right? Yeah. But she's sleeping in hay in the barn and feeling less than to a fucking Barbie. And you're like, wow. But that's what this movie has little moments like that. Because that moment happens smack dab in the middle of, hey, let's fuck this shit up, right? Like, this is when all the the things that, because I was telling you, I was like, this everything that happens in this barn as a totality, but especially the one moment, I was like, this could be among the cringiest things I've ever watched. Yeah. 
And I know like a lot of my, my horror brethrens, right? They'll say, you know, there are so many movies more grotesque than this and this and that. It's like, sure, right? Like we just, uh, you know, on Last Drive-In, they just said blood-sucking freaks. Right. And I was like, yeah, that movie's more repulsive. But it's also kind of a childish, you know, yeah. just trying to well, get a rise out of you movie. I think that's what's... There's no effort put into, like, building stakes right. like this movie. Well, I think that's what Splice does so well is that it, instead of doing what I would consider probably, like, more schlocky shtick, so to speak, because it is there's the opportunity for it. And, like, look, that's some of the best parts of Man, but Man's Best Friend. Like, pissing acid on a fire hydrant is hilarious. But, like, where you might find something like that in Man's Best Friend, here what they're trying to do is assign assign those kinds of things value because, and again, we find out about Sarah Pauly's past, and then also, obviously, the um, the big reveal for Clive is that Sarah Pauly's the human DNA in Dren. But, like... The more Dude, the, yeah. the more we get into that and the more the closer we get to those moments, the the foreboding starts also shifting itself a little bit and it turns much more into this like it's not foreboding anymore, it's almost eventual it's the eventuality. Because again, we're on like by that time I feel like we're like we're on the back half of the movie. Like once we get to the barn, we're pretty much on the back half of the movie. So like you already know. You kind of know how this you thing's know, going. <laughs> particularly when you get to the barn. And I got to tell you, man, honestly, like between between the scene with the Barbie and then compounding that with the scene where Elsa disciplines her, those are like truly like. Okay, we're we're jumping a lot. There's a lot of there's big a, moments. There's a, right? there's a lot of big the moments. The first thing but, we see is but, like when she just gets out and kills that rabbit. Yeah. There's that great moment where she turns around and her face is bloody and smiles, right? Mm -hmm. She's just being who she is. And you see them react in horror to her for the first moment. You're like, oh, okay, I see where this is going, right? And so then the barn becomes, again, it's this creature who just smiles because she's just doing what she, she's kind of growing on her own, right? And you see us just fucking putting our human shit in her, right? Like I read a lot about the rise of AI. And one of the things a lot of experts say that I always latch on to is, we're always afraid of the computer that's super smart and can process things, but has all of the shortcomings of the way humans see the world, right? right. And that's probably illogical. If they're so further ahead of us, they probably won't have the nonsense we have. They'll have their own nonsense. And that's what this movie does great, is you see us start projecting onto Dren, right? So the moment that... Because this is... Sarah Sarah Pauly takes a fast fucking turn. Big time. It is fast yeah to when she's like hey this is my little girl dren to fuck you right <laughs> i mean it's it's fucking lightning speed but it is it's the she ate a bunny she doesn't like that she's not listening as much she's drawing clive and not her she thinks so you see this subtle resentment right because that's the thing they're they're untrained parents who have gone to the teenage phase in like record a couple time. months yeah yeah so it's like you see them wildly unprepared like i'm supposed to be at the you know, acoustic Iggy Pop concert. Yeah, man, I gotta get to that. I gotta get cool to that apartment. Deviant show. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, now I'm here watching you murder my cat with your little fucking stabby thing. <laughs> That's the other cool thing too that they just kind of throw away and don't really address again in the movie. I wish they would have done more with the part where they're like, "Oh, they're junk genes pushing to the surface," but we gave her no carnivorous traits, right? Like no attacking traits, and they just are like. It's cool. She's got a stabby, venomous thing. They just kind of let that fuck. It's, I was like, 
I want to know how these fucking is this a life finds a way thing? I mean, fucking genes are pushing through. Well, I think that's what's. I mean, again, like that's the thing I like the most about this movie is it doesn't spend a lot. Like this is obviously like weird science kind of shit, but at the same time, there is that great like to me the junk like junk genes to me human. That's what I read it as. Like it's the Elsa, yeah, right. And that's, that's the thing true. that but I love. then the little Slimer dicks had those things, too. I'm like, where are you getting the stabbers? They all have that. Take that out of the... Put on some Yaz and fucking take out the stabber. <laughs> but no, I, I I, just think this whole movie is fat. I love all the creature shit. Dren is such a good creature. Yeah. But what I like is this is where it, it, it has this weird, like, they're both putting their, you know, inner secrets just in a barn where the other partner can walk in and see. Yeah, <laughs> like there's some weird shit going on in this barn, because the two big moments, obviously, and I don't know which one is more vile, right? I think Sarah Polly's is actually more vile. Uh, yes, she has a fight with Dren, fucking bitch smacks her. Dren kills the cat and is like, you know, let's uh, what's up? I'll attack you. She fucking brains her with the shovel, and I'll tell you the scene in the movie that actually like got me the most was when she just turns into that like scully autopsy voice yeah and cuts her dress off that is such a hard scene to watch because we've spent this movie kind of watching these scientists couple that we you know we kind of like even though they have like weird annoying traits and then now we've spent time with drin right we're kind of growing with drin as her own character you know it would be the equivalent of again in harry and the hendersons you woke up and you know mr henderson's like oh i chopped your dick off and shaved you in the night <laughs> Welcome to my world, bitch. You know, you're like, that's a different movie. And when she's cutting that dress off and just talking about uh, the subject, and now she's calling her the subject and shit. And that just stone cold fucking turn, man. That is a brutal scene to watch. Well, and I think that's another really fascinating, like, it's a level deeper thing to me because you find out all this shit about Sarah Pauly's past and how horrible she was, horribly abusive, like, uh, parent, like, to me, that is like about what's her like what we inherit like <clears throat> what Dren is inheriting herself, because essentially what's happening is Elsa's gone out of her way to not be this version that she saw growing up, this version of her a potential future for herself growing up, and she's literally landing because she has no idea what else to do because she's not prepared. It's like the greatest science beat. Is like you don't know what to do. You're unprepared, so you do what is familiar to you, and the most familiar thing to her is this like horrible string of abuse because that's really what she's doing. She's just repeating the pattern. It's it's horrible, man. The cutting off the tail, and then she just walks past Adrian Brody like, "Fuck you, you haven't solved it. I'll go handle all this shit." And she just says it in this this fucking tone too, and it's like you just want to reach through the screen and just be like, "Hey, asshole." Your fault. Yeah. You did all of this. Like, you get the feeling Adrian Brody helped, but he's not the guy that's going to inject the ovum. No. Clearly. Right? You're just like, but then you're like, asshole, this is your fault. You see Sarah Pauly, like taking this fucking high ground as she walks out with her little ice bucket with a fucking maimed tail. And I was like, woo. I was like, in the grand scheme of moments you hate a movie character, that's pretty good one. That's a pretty. But then you come in, and this is where there's this other turn, right? Where now Adrian Brody sees Dren undressed and he he feels really bad for her. Now he's starting to see her as more than science, right? He's taking the turn, right? Yeah. 
Instead of uh, wielding the, you know, the giant wooden stick, he's, you know, trying to masquerade his own as he, he tries to, you know, dance with her. And he does the, uh, the stepmom in porn, right? Where it's like, don't, don't. Okay, do it. Right? So, like, there's even that scene where, like, she is taking a bath specifically because she knows when he's watching her. And they hint that maybe there's some J.O. happening with the scotch. And it's like, this is just getting weird. This actually, this scene, right? So Amy and I, my wife, are watching. And so Adrian Brody goes in and she's like, what? What? Like, my wife's kind of like slowly. Because I was like, I've seen this. I know it's coming. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Like, this is playing out right. more intense than I remember. And so as it's happening, you know, she turns around. She's like, ah, she's peacocking and shit. Yeah. And there's this kiss. And so, you know, the fucking ensues, right? He does that. No, no, don't do it. Do it. Do it. And they just start fucking, right? And so me and my wife are having wildly different experiences of the movie at this moment. Because there was a part of me where I was like, I think Dren could get it. <laughs> like, there's a moment where she wraps the tail around that wood, right? And she has this fucking muscular, like, claw leg. You know what I mean? Like an ostrich foot. And she just, like, and there's, like, this fucking animal power when she, like, takes little, you know, tiny Adrian Brody, little Ichabod Brody, and pins him up against this fucking water setup or whatever. And I was just like, I, you know, I was getting the vapors. I was like, damn, this is weird for so many reasons. It's inappropriate, but that's fucking hot. I was like, that is one of the hottest. Like, I literally was, like, getting sweaty on my couch. I was like, damn, that is like, whoo. It's like, they just captured the heat. You know? It is one of those. So many movie sex scenes feel false. I was like, yeah. that's the heat right there. I think there. that's what it is. Like, it is like a scene that really just like, and not just because it's weird, but it really does like. <laughs> Should I say that on the internet? <laughs> I don't know that Dren can get it. it it's wrong. Because this is the other thing, right? Is there's the part of me that's like, wow, Dren is like six months old. Right. But then you're like, this is weird science time. You know, does time even exist in a construct? All right. You're not a creep maybe but then there's this is the argument me and amy had which i would love to know our listeners opinion on is amy's like oh adrian brody that piece of shit and i was like why and she's like he's fucking cheating on her and fucking the creation and i was like is, is he, he cheating on her That's... and she got furious and she's like what are you talking about i'm like it's her dna he's fucking her dna yeah, conceivably that, you could like, say that he was so he, what he found most attractive about Dren might have been the Elsa of it. Yeah. Hmm? Whereas I'm drawn to the freakish science experiment, the last tab on the internetness of it. Sure. He is just seeing uh his wife pre-maiming or his his partner pre-maiming. It's very <laughs> But that's a she let me put it this way. I don't remember if like multiplicity dove into this, right? Like was there a scene when like Michael Keaton walked in on his wife getting gangbanged by, you know, the other multiples. No, I don't think it was that just happened like, in well, that. Well, it's my no, dick. I think they took that out of the first cut, but, you know. Right. I, I don't remember that being in the cut, and I'm assuming that would be a very memorable movie moment. But that's, like, the mindset. So I'm trying to build a legal case, right? And I'm like, you got to set precedent, right? So I was like, all right. Michael Keaton walks in. The multiples are just having at, right? And, like, all – it's just – you know, like being in a baseball factory, like, ah, and Michael Keaton's wife is getting it. And he walks in and he's like, wow, she's cheating on me, but it's me. But there's so many of me. She doesn't have plausible deniability anymore. That's these are 
sticky areas, right? <laughs> and I told, and so that's why I was arguing with my wife. I'm like, yeah, like legally, I guess it's close to bestiality, maybe, but it's also your DNA. I mean, it depends on how you look at. It. I think Clive is attracted to the animalistic instinct that Dren has. I don't see that's. I think there's something. I mean, you could say there's like a pheromony thing, but I've had this discussion at bars many times where my friends are like, it's just like one of those dumb guy things that always comes up. It's like, dude, if you fucking aliens came down and like you got taken on the ship, would you, would you fucking alien? I was like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, duh. for sure. Imagine how many times you and your friends have told stories about the human people that you fucked. Yeah. And then you could be the one guy that's like, well, I met this lady with five perfect tentacles, right? Three, maybe boobs. I don't know. They could be eyeballs. I don't know. It was wild. Yeah. Of course you're going to do that. But I I mean, it's like, I don't, Listen, I just there, watched that scene and I was like, I was like, between, he's helpless. But therein lies he's the difference between men moment. and women is women want to have that conversation. Men are more interested in saying like, man, I fucked an alien one time. <laughs> Been you there. Know? Fuck that. Yeah, exactly. We but, are the modern day Columbus. We're just running around trying to. Everybody stick wants to be the flags. first one. Everyone wants to be the first one to put their flag down. Like, there's just <laughs> that's just how men are. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I, I mean, she was not thrilled. Apparently, if I were to have sex with a genetic replicant of Amy, and I knew for a fact it had a different. I think that's what Amy said. Is I'm not having sex with her soul. Right, so on one hand, I'm like, oh, so I've had sex with your soul. I must be doing something, right? Secondly, yeah, nice. if I fuck an exact replica of her in every way, but I know for a fact it doesn't have her soul, then I am a cheating piece of shit dog scum, you know? <laughs> True. She did. That's a very nice That's a very nice compliment, though. Apparently, you have a penis yeah. big enough to ki- get her soul. Nice job. I don't think it's about that. You can't. You can't deep dick to a soul you gotta you know you gotta it's like that show lock and key you gotta get in there you know i mean you gotta you gotta find the mysteries of the puzzle box but that's all i'm saying is like (laughs) i i think so my wife was like she immediately yeah we got but this is what happened when i watched this movie with amy and she was like yeah he deserves to die i was like what i was like for doing what every single man on planet earth would do yeah i'm not sure as they sit here and I'm telling you, because I know we have a lot of ladies that listen to this show, too. If you think your significant other would not have sex with Dren in that barn when she does the fucking pull him up against the wall, you are out of your fucking mind. Out, maybe it's because I'm big, right? And, like, I've never been picked up. Like, I want to be held and shit sometimes. But, like, that moment, like, I was like, that's a moment of weak powerlessness. That's what you... Oh, yeah, but I was like, oh, yeah. hey, you see, everyone. now we're getting into like your bar partner would do stuff, it. and that's not what this movie's about. <laughs> we're so far off the rip. We're like Adrian Brody's choice of clothes in this movie. Yeah. Completely derived. We went from, just saying, we went from Adrian Brody's choice of clothes to whether or not the ethics of fucking a animalistic clone of your wife is cheating. Right. Well, that's what I told. I was like, Amy, what if it was your body, but with like jaguar pheromones and shit? Like, what am I supposed to do? say no it's impossible and she's like look for the soul i mean she sounds like the the lady in poltergeist that's coming to like save the girl oh my god <laughs> look for the soul and I'm like, all right I, I, i'll do that next time i guess if when film alchemist bio labs opens up we're gonna have to have this locked up i can't be going in half cocked as it were <laughs> clearly not uh, yeah i need a soul detector <laughs> but 
Yeah, it's so. But I think these moments are great, and it actually leads because that is because I I put this on Twitter for our, our listeners. Like, is this the cringiest moment in movie history? And I know that's a really high bar to set, but I'm like, it's in the running. It's pretty horrible. When he sees her reflection, and just imagine the thing I created and I just maimed, and I wish I wouldn't. And then that scene when they go to the apartment, and they're having to like talk this out. Yes. And he immediately turns it on like, well, you maimed it. <laughs> and she's like, I, I did maim it. And it's like, you also stabbed it, but she liked it. And it's like, what is happening in this scene? But that's where he starts the, he starts giving her shit. And he's like, was this ever about science? Yeah. And I was like, that kind of awareness I love in this movie. Well, right? and that's They're like. giving us the weird creature shit, but it, it does still stick to this kind of running important theme. Which makes it not as gross to watch. Well, and I think like that scene too is great because it it punctuates so well something that we're all just like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? And then we get to this and really like the conversation again. They do such a great job of just like skirting past like you don't want to hear about the ethics like because then they have that conversation about um, like Clive accuses her, Clive accuses her of basically wanting control over any more, more than anything yeah. else, not even wanting a daughter, but wanting just control. And I think that is far more interesting an argument than anything they yeah. could come up with ethics, because that comes down to someone's very logic, someone's very soul, as it were, uh, what their, what their pursuit in life is. So, I mean, that's, what's great is Elsa, yeah. Elsa's story becomes much more about trying to control her own destiny by trying to control these absolutely uncontrollable forces and that I think is what makes that's what makes like the remainder of the movie so much more thrilling and so much more uh, fascinating and also ter- yeah. and very terrifying, particularly for Elsa's case, because control is relinquished so quickly to the forces of nature. Oh, yeah. But that's the thing. I, I cannot think of a movie where I feel like it's a species we've decided whatever genetic technology is coming for us. Right. Like we've been scared of this for decades. Right. And somehow, some way, it seems like it hasn't gotten too scary yet. But I keep reading things, right? The next big leap, right, is not going to be income inequality. Other than income inequality will allow the wealthy to get these genetic enhancements, right? And that's where it'll be is that they'll just be smarter, have better eyesight, live longer, you know, be healthier, blah, blah, blah. While the rest of us are just going to, you know, still be down here and not be able to compete. So I feel like this has been an evolving thing. But. What I think the unifying theory is, is that all of us humans on some level are uncomfortable with the thought (laughs) that somehow, some way we will be walking around with, interacting with and competing with something that was made better than us on a genetic level. Right. Right. Like, I think we're all scared of that. Sure. And what this movie says is we know that you're scared of genetics. We're scared of it. Let's take that out. Let's not ask if it's good or bad. Let's say. Who the fuck do we think we are? <laughs> right? Because I think there's this problem, and I, I don't know that it exists as much, but like when I first saw this movie, I still had respect for government and officials. Really? And, you know, there were, you, you could believe in things in the in world. Two, and now I'm at in the 2009, age where, you could believe in things? I had no idea. Yeah, I mean, you could believe in things, but now you get to the age where you're like, oh, everyone is just fucking hoping that they're figuring it out and just we're all kind of just bumping around, whatever. And now that's what this movie does. It says we're all fucking fuck ups in our own way. We're all dipshits. 
Uh, do we trust ourselves? Because you know, once they go to that barn, you're like, she's constantly. This is life finding a way to the nth degree. Uh, rabbit killing. She's instantly good at it. Wings leaping out of windows. Right. You know, seducing your husband easily, easily. There are so. I mean, she still has the fucking stinger. She's like, oh, you chop my tail off, boom, back. Yeah. And it's just this is life exploding out of control and just fucking steamrolling these two people. Who just, they're like, we're fucked now. We're caught. We're in the whirlpool and we're getting dragged down. And that's what's fun about it. Because instead of wasting time having a debate that we've all kind of agreed on. Yeah. That we think altering genetics is probably bad. <laughs> they say, let's just look at why we're bad and how that could then lead to the source of fun in this wild monster movie. Yeah. Um, I do think the ending is super hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I You know what's funny is I had totally forgot that's how this movie ended how could you forget that holy shit you know it's weird i had two of those this week i watched the goonies with my kids and i thought i turned on the wrong movie because of the uh fake suicide in the jail cell and the jail escape and the car chase i'm like is this like a fucking deleted scene i was like has this always been how oh yeah man. i just thought it opened with josh brolin working out and I was like, what is this fucking scene in the movie I've seen 20 plus times? And then I saw this, uh, the ending of Splice, and I was like, oh, I forgot about uh, Alpha Diesel Dren. Yeah. And the uh, assault, I forgot that that is how the movie, I, I mean, think that's a pretty hardcore way to go with like, this. I don't think this I would have This is the thing there. I love the most about this movie is that once you start doing this kind of thing, like once it's like they do such a good job of like at the front of the movie and like, well, it's just a lot of different things. Plus a little bit of human, like you never know, like, and they do a good job of dropping the hint that, you know, obviously with the Fred and ginger, you know, like murder fest, the Gallagher show. They, it should have been very clear to me where this was going. Right. Like that's the kind of thing you're like, okay, I think that's a hint. Because then when it happens, so basically, you know, for those, I'm sure you've seen the movie, if you're listening to the pod, if you haven't, sorry, you know, Dren is able to spontaneously become male and sexually yeah. assaults Elsa. It's super that, fucking hardcore. I'm not going to lie. I, I would have liked Elsa to have a revenge bang while Adrian Brody's like paralyzed by the tail stinger. Oh yeah, just has to and watch. Dren is just... And Dren and her are both looking at Adrian Brody in the eyes. I think that's better. That'd have been pretty bad. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty much for don't just throw very serious crimes on the scoreboard for no good narrative reason. Yeah, it's because the other problem is if you're gonna go this way, I don't want to trivialize that moment, and that's exactly what Splice well, does. Well, not only which is in the last scene. Yeah, you see that she has learned nothing. Yeah. She has learned nothing. I think that she is just signing this fetus away for massive amounts of money. So this company who now is like, oh, you broke ethics first. Now we can fuck around is going to inject this uncontrollable thing into our world. And as long as she gets the credit and recognition and money, what's the worst that could happen? That's literally what she says. And I think the movie set is implying to us that, that shows she learned her lesson because she knows the worst that could happen. Yeah. And I was like, that's not how I read that. It's interesting because this <laughs> this movie's ending is eerily similar to Humanoids of the Deep. And it mm, honestly, because that's, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, fuck. This is like exactly how Humanoids of the Deep like ends. And 
Simulated I mean, to the Deep is more built-in exploitation. Sure. Like, I'm not saying it's exact. <laughs> it's the, I'm not saying it's yeah, beat for beat, for sure. but it's the same. That's a good call. I forgot about that. It's the that. same general vibe, and I was so much less disgusted <laughs> this time by it. And But yet, yeah. like, but I was disgusted in a different way. Like, with Humanoids, I was much more disgusted by, like, oh, God, of course, this is the ending. This time, I was disgusted for the exact reason we're talking about, which is like, this feels like we're just taking it a step farther than it needs to go. I like your ending a lot better where it's literally like. Yeah. Well, I'm like, if she's not going to learn her lesson, have her go full, you know, like master of evil on it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, I will take control. The only way I know. Yeah. Like, give it. Give us like the brood, you know, something like that. Yeah. Have her go full in. Just be like, I want to make more of these. Fuck you, Adrian Brody. I fucking. ah, You know, give us like the brood and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then the barn becomes like this great iconography. You know, Yeah, because they do this. Again, they just I think trivializing that is just always a bad idea. And they do this like, oh, well, they they feels like they're trying to mirror it with what Elsa did to her on the cutting table. And you're like, I get it. That was bad. But it's they're mad at each other. Like comparing apples and some made up fruit. No one's heard of yet. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the unwinnable task you set up, right? Is you're like, oh, we're just going to throw a sexual assault on the scoreboard because that'll uh, shock and repulse people. Right. Check. You got us. What are you going to do with that now with one scene left? And there's no way to make no. that you because you can't have it be where it's like, I mean, it's oh, like tripling. good thing that happened. So she learned her lesson. Right? right. You cannot do that ending of the movie. You cannot do that. Right. Impossible. Even back then. And you also. But then it's like by having her be like, well, fuck it. I didn't learn my lesson. It also it, it's well, just yeah, bad. I mean, it's it's cringy. just tripling. It's, it's tripling down on something we already know about the character, which is that Elsa is a terrible person. So she really is. And that's what I mean, though. But not like we want to see her go through all this. Right. Like, why couldn't it have just been a hey, why didn't we find out that like, uh, you know, Dren can just eat your head off in one bite? Yeah. Do a head rip. Why not? Do a head rip. Do stuff like that. Fun and acceptable uh, torture and degradations and murders. I would cool. say this felt so. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just, well, weird. I would say that my wife that's... didn't think it was weird. She thought it was like, Oh, that's how she it had the effect on her where she was like, Oh no. Well, but me, I was just like, Oh, that's well. And I'd say that the, that would probably be, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's not, but I would hope that that would be the reason it would have an actual two out of five is people think that's one step too far. No, I mean, it's a misstep. It's a big miscalculation, I would say. It's a big mis- miscalculation but the for the movie's wildly of a movie. entertaining. What when you see Splice and you see the trailer with like the fucking monster mutation head and you go to the theater you're like, "Wow, these are good performances. This monster work is great." What else are you looking for in this movie? What else are you looking for? That's I mean, that's what I always ask people. Wrong. Like there if you if you want to go watch Lawrence of Arabia. That movie says, hey, different set of rules. Judge me one way. Right. Then a movie like Splice. Splice says, here's what we want to give you. Well, this is exactly me, what we talked about. this movie about. over delivers. Well, I think it's interesting, though, because this is exactly what we talked about on Man's Best Friend, because I had, an, I, had a diff, I had a differing opinion about Man's Best Friend than you did. But you're right. And it's interesting. This is the second genetics movie we've watched. And I think this is like the crux of the genre, the subgenre itself, is that. When we watch these kinds of movies, 
and you look at the title, you look at the content, what kind of movie are you expecting this to be? What is the, what is the apex that you're expecting this to reach when you're watching a movie about called splice about people who make a person? (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when you get into like your Gattaca's and Jurassic park, they're coming at it from a different way. And this, this movie just feels like a super version of what would be kind of a more schlocky small release, right? right. So maybe that's how something totally unfortunate well, like that ending slips in. Because yeah. again, if this was an asylum or straight to DVD thing, you'd totally. be like, Oh, of course they did well, that. That's at exactly the end. You know what I was I mean, saying like, at the beginning of the show. This is a it's shock value. This is a great movie for 2009. I think if it had been made 10 or 12 years earlier, it probably would have been jettisoned in like a January release. <laughs> and then you would have found, we would have found it collectively in like a, Walmart Ben and that would have been the movie I'm honest because I remember seeing it in theaters and just being blown away by it I'm honestly surprised that this movie is not more beloved and I'm hoping that it's just like a you know people who rate things on letterbox problem and that the average person man I think there's a lot of fun to be had in this movie I, a lot of fun I blame Adrian Brody's pant choice personally <laughs> if you're angry about the ending or the pants fair fair play sir fair play if you're mad about the funness of the movie. That's your insaneness. That's poppycock. Pure poppycock. Uh, all, all right, guys. That's it for <laughs> Splice. Let me know who won the debate between me and my wife. Is it all about the soul? Is it about the DNA code? I don't. There's a lot of questions in this movie that we've laid out for you guys. We'd love to hear your takes on them on our social media. Uh, on Twitter at PhilMalchemist1. Email PhilMalchemistPod at gmail.com. Please take a second. Leave us a rating and review wherever you find the show especially Apple Podcasts app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. Alex, it's that time. It's that time. As we barrel through our genetic journey and we edit more genetics, which of our two remaining films are we doing next week? I don't remember what they are off the top of my head. It's the Island of Dr. Moreau with maybe a little sub-examination of the uh, Island of Lost Souls documentary on Richard Stanley. Right. And Jurassic Park, the granddaddy of them all. I think we got to go Island of Dr. Moreau because we got to save Jurassic Park for the end of the month. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited about both of these guys. Uh, Again, I hope you checked out our episode earlier this week on The Lodge. We have some other cool new release movies that were uh, on our plate. We're going to get to as soon as we can. Look for those early in the upcoming weeks, uh, you know, as we feed you these. We got some double features we're lining up that we're very excited for. And awesome new stuff coming on YouTube. So thank you guys for your time. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffin. I am Alex Dandino. Unlock the soul, boys. <laughs> <laughs>